0: This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, our strength, and our hope. Tonight is episode number 38, VEN. Before I get started, I'd like to go over the usual housekeeping items. This is a podcast about recovery and a 12-step program podcast, namely uh, aligned with Alcoholics Anonymous program and that 12-step program, but it is not an AA meeting or an officially sanctioned AA meeting, and I would not want to hold myself out as as offering an online meeting or something like that. This is instead a act of service on my behalf and a compliment to your program, hopefully. It is definitely a compliment to mine, and I'd like it to just be something, a, a supplement, a compliment, something that that maybe when you need it most, there's a voice you can listen to. I, I'm trying to ad, not avoid advice giving and opinions and instead focus on my experience, strength, and hope. How I got sober, how I stay sober, and what has happened to me as a result. <clears throat> Number two, I'm not a mental health professional, so please um, take everything that I say with that lens that this is just a layperson, non-medical opinions uh, in the 12-step recovery world. Number three, I do not accept nor would I solicit any kind of donations, advertising, or compensation for this podcast. It is absolutely free and an act of service on my part, and I hope that that will always continue to be the same. In fact, I'm certain it will be the same um, because it's very important for me that this be commercial-free, and not at all associated with any kind of uh, monetary venture. Think about the matters of property, power, prestige, property, power, prestige, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, avoiding all that. And then number four, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles over personalities. And please protect my anonymity. I will protect yours. With that said, I would love to hear from you. And I promise that I will protect your confidences and your anonymity. I can be reached at Gregory, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y, B, letter B, at extravagantpromisespodcast.com. Or you can reach me on Instagram at extravagantpromisespodcast. That is, uh, you can DM me there or reply to a post or something like that, if depending on your level of comfort doing so. But I'd really love to hear from you—questions, suggestions, criticisms, anything you've got. And I do have a request in that regard. A second request is that I would just ask that you pass this on to one person. You know, if you think it, but only if you think it would help. If you don't. Then obviously, please don't don't push it. Um, and if you don't, then you're probably not listening to this podcast anyway. And I'm probably not. I don't even need to ask. But it would I would love to spread the message. And happy, and healthy, and excited, engaged listeners are probably the best way to do that. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Tonight's episode is entitled "Ven." And you might be asking, "Hmm, I've seen that word before." I know what it means, I, I know what it might be alluding to, and you would be right, unless there's something I missed, and there's another application of the word, but every time I've seen the word Venn, V-E-N-N, it uh, has a second word, which is diagram, and what I would like to discuss tonight is the concept of outside issues, and that corresponds with our 12 and 12, and I will go to Tradition number 10 we just finished the month of October so we had a whole lot of reading of tradition 10 uh, so I probably should go on to tradition number 11 but um, I'm going to do that in my next podcast but tradition 10 alcoholics anonymous has no opinion on outside issues hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy and um You know, you listen to, it's a short read in the 12 and 12, so I recommend that everybody read it, read it again, read it again. You're going to learn something new every single time, just like I do. But it's so interesting where they talk about this group called the Washingtonian Society and how it sounds like it was pretty badass, to be honest with you, Uh, probably prior to the Civil War. I don't know. I've done no research into the Washingtonian Society except maybe Wikipedia, but it sounds Washingtonian Society, I guess, sounds completely badass that that people even back then were trying to get sober, and they had like 100,000 members, which is, you know, you think about this is, I mean, it's before the Civil War, you know, we've got all kinds of abominations in the world, such as slavery, but you think disease, pestilence, whatever, still ravaging our country or the colonies, as it were, the f- newly formed country and um, states. And um, and yet they were able to really gain traction on the spiritual program of recovery and then fell completely apart, not because of slavery, interestingly, even though I think they did take a position on slavery. It was um, temperance, that they became, like, advocates or spokesmodels for the temperance movement, and um, that's when— everything just fell apart. And so that's just so cool. Cause you think about like, we are dedicated to sobriety and serenity and helping people achieve those things, which requires in my humble opinion, absolute abstinence from alcohol, mind altering drugs, things like that. Um, or does it, you know, I, I mean, that's my program. That's my belief. You know, you can't get sober drinking, but maybe some people disagree, but the fact that I can say those words, maybe some people disagree, shows you that I have no opinion on whether alcohol should be legal. I have no opinion on whether you should drink or not. I just have an opinion that I can't drink. I just have an opinion that Alcoholics Anonymous is a spiritual program of recovery that gave me a conscious contact with a higher power, which in turn provided me with a God-sized solution and a God-sized exit strategy to a God-sized hole in my heart and in my soul. Um, But so anyway, that's this concept of outside issues, like so many things in the Bible or so many things in the constitution. And of course, so many things in our own 12 and 12 and our big book can be interpreted in so many different ways. Um, Obviously there's the clear sort of like, Hey, your religious, your religious dogma or denomination or politics, political party, whatnot, is just really we have no opinion on that, and we take no opinion on those things. Um, and you need to – I guess probably if there was a, a particular meeting that – I've never heard I've, – I've only heard politics come up one time, and it was during the 2016 – Um, election and someone said, do we want to talk about what this election is doing to us? I think it was the election. Yeah. And it was like what the election is doing to us. Um, and our sobriety and that got shut down fast. I mean, boom, people were like, and this was an agnostics meeting where like, you know, they don't, they, they won't even say the serenity prayer and stuff. So, I mean, it's kind of anything goes, in that particular meeting, but they were like, no, that's an outside issue. And I was like, right on, you know, like like let's not let our leaders or the politics or whatever infect this. I mean, I've seen people get into fist fights in AA meetings, but I've never seen anybody get into a political debate or religious debate. So that's obviously ground zero, I would say, or those, those like we don't talk about religion in that sense. We talk about spirituality and God and a higher power in certain meetings. Um, some we don't, but, uh, we don't talk about outside issues, but is there a bigger meaning to outside issues? Um, and this is what kind of rocked my world of late. I, um, I was listening at a meeting and I heard some shares that, um, kind of made me think about my own sobriety and my program. And and so, kind of bear with me here as we mark out this Venn diagram. Because see, we've got the Venn diagrams here. We've got, we've got the one. Let's say the left-hand bubble, which is AA 12-step program, recovery, sobriety, the most important bubble in your life. You know, priority. Because anything that's, anything that's above it is going to be the second thing you lose. Um, and then we've got on the right, life on life's terms um and things like a high conflict divorce things like child abuse things like um stress PTSD um depression you know a lot of different issues that we deal with and that i think i ha- in my program you could look at those two big bubbles as like um they were like the you know the old man <laughs> remember those old strong man kind of videos you know they'd show you like the video of i mean not video but pictures of like the guy with like he had like a man a mankini on kind of a like a one piece bikini you know with these little thin straps and like a big weight belt and he probably had like a handlebar mustache and um seemed like he was always bald and seemed like he had a, like a pot belly but looked tough and then like had like combat boots on so uh, you know like like these, these almost knee high, lace up boots, and, um, what appears to be a 1920s esque, like wrestling singlet, or maybe even later, and then like a weight belt and a mu- handlebar mustache. And they were always lifting bars that had like these round globes at the end of them, you know, and it was like strong man, tough man, you know, and, um, and, uh, Anyway, I should I just I digress in my mind. I was thinking about tough man contests and we, we can do another one on that at some point uh, or maybe, you know, maybe that needs to, That's an outside issue anyway. So um, uh, but I was thinking about my bar because I've always used that phrase is like the plates on my bar. What are the plates on my bar? what do, what am I lifting? What am I carrying? What am I squatting and overhead press? You know, but what, what have I got that? Like that Atlas, you know, your Atlas and you got that world on your shoulders. What's in that world? What's in that globe, you know? And it's like, I had those two globes, you know, one side was recovery and sobriety. And the other side was all of the stuff that was ailing me in my life. And I kind of used because my life was such a mess, because it was so unmanageable, because I was so unhappy and so close to ending it all, you know, I looked at AA as the method by which I would solve um, that I would solve all those other problems, and or at least I looked to AA to be um, the God-sized solution to every god size problem, not just alcoholism. So, you know, where I use the word Venn diagram is when we bring those two globes together and they intersect and there's that little sweet spot in the center, that's where, you know, your outside issues are causing you to drink or your sobriety is affecting those those other issues, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's completely legit to be within your program, to share about at meetings, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, homelessness. I, 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 I you know, I, I'm using out, you know, things like that, like drive you to drink or distorted thinking, you know. But you can see how you can kind of cross over into that, that far side of like dependent codependency, for instance. Does if it's if it's not going to make you pick up a drink, but it is part of your distorted thinking. And a clear, sober, serene mind and spiritual connection with a higher power helps you deal with it and helps you cope with the codependency, let's say, then is there a place for it in the rooms? Maybe I would say, you know, that's kind of compelling, but maybe it's an outside issue, you know, um, you know, and so I would really love to hear from listeners on this one because you know, for a long time, especially in early sobriety, you know, I completely was just the oversharer and tears and I'm so worthless and all that. And I've talked about that and I'll talk about it a lot more. But, you know, the second part of that was this idea that somehow a group of drunks are not only going to get me, help me get sober and stay sober, but they're also going to solve like my professional woes and, the big book is going to have quite answer questions of like child rearing and being a good dad and being a good partner and being a good lover or being a good human being, you know, it's like, yeah, some of that. And I mean, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, like that sobriety, you know, this serenity and, and, and it's, it's pretty darn powerful. And, and it kind of, it's like that, you know, like that Chris Rock, remember he, he's that comedian used to have that, that, Especially did, and he had a bit about robitussin. It was like robitussin, you know, for uh his family. It was like robitussin settled, it solved everything. You broke your arm, put some robitussin on it, you know, and and um, and it's kind of like, you know, is that me? Is that you? Is that what our program is? Where it's like, you know, hey, I'm having problems with my girlfriend, or I'm having problems with a boss at work, um, you know. Does my program, does my AA program, do I turn to it? Do I put that bar, that plate on the AA bar? You know, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and you know, it, it's pretty strong, like old Chris Rock's Robitussin, like it seems to work most of the time. But does it, you know, and, and is it an outside issue? And, you know, and, and so here's a slippery slope. Again, the beautiful nuances and exquisite sort of and. Amb- ambiguity as it were and 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 mystery of the program is like this one when, when we when we say like it's a it's a spiritual axiom that it's interesting there's like a a drone sitting outside my my window i don't know what what it's doing it's kind of throwing me off a little bit <laughs> keep my spiritual axiom going You know, I wonder what, what, what the point is, but anyway, um, so it's a spiritual axiom that, that isn't that funny how something can a little like that can throw you off. Like I'm sitting here on the third floor of a condo building, looking out over a construction site and one of these like miniature military looking drones, like it's like probably the size of like a shoebox, like floats up right in front of my window and starts hovering outside my condo. And of course, my alcoholic mind goes, This is someone trying to harass me or spy on me? Um, Could be they're trying to look at the um, site next door. It's a kid playing around. Sorry, I apologize for digressing, but um, it's a spiritual axiom that when we are angry, something is wrong with us. You know, that is... um, I'm going to jump, I'm going to pick up, you know, my big book here. I mean, excuse me, my 12 and 12. It's in step 10, page 90 of the 12 and 12. It is a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. If somebody hurts us and we are sore, we are in the wrong also. But are there no exceptions to this rule? What about justifiable anger? If somebody cheats us, aren't we entitled to be mad? Can't we be properly angry with self-righteous folks? For us of AA, these are dangerous exceptions. We have found that justified anger ought to be left to those better qualified to handle it. And it says a few people have been victimized, have been more victimized by resentments than, than have we alcoholics. Okay. So is that like an example of where you know, the program and Bill W. and all like that bubble on the left, let's say, that's program and AA and, and you know, 12 and 12 and big book and my spiritual uh, recovery. Is that an example of where the bubble's trying? It's trying to go to the right and envelop that Venn diagram into one bubble of those outside issues, a high conflict divorce, an abusive parent, child abuse, PTSD, military wounds you know, bank problems, whatever, you know, is that where it's saying like, Hey, you know, interpret this the way it's supposed to be interpreted. You know, like we, we are saying, you know, it's, it's not okay to be angry or resentful about being abused as a child. Is there, are they really saying that? I mean, it, it, one could read that. One could also read to say, you know what? Um, Child abuse and trauma therapy and prolonged exposure therapy and the unbelievable work that these therapists, psychologists and psychiatrists are doing in that realm, which is mind blowing, by the way, it's so incredible. Um, Maybe that's an outside issue, you know, and maybe if your therapist says, you know, there is some anger work you can do and, and resentment. I mean, we know as a as a drunk that resentment is is the most potent cocktail there is. It's the, it's the, it's, it, it's the smell of the cocktail onion. You know, if you're making a Gibson, Ooh, you know, I haven't had one of those in so long in years, you know, but I could still tell you what that cocktail onion smells like. You know, I'm, I'm at the point where like, I don't even want to be asked to be sit, you know, I, I don't even ask to, I don't even like to move a person's drink on a table. Like I don't want to touch it, yeah, but I could t- still tell you what that smells like. You know, um, and and so you think like, is that the that resentment is that that's that's the po that cocktail of resentment. Boy, you're gonna be drinking soon if you don't heal that. So, you know, the program would kind of suggest that like you work through it and and you know, you you resolve it. But this like you're not entitled to be angry or you're not is justifiable anger is left for somebody else. That's a big, that's a big task, you know. And so I think this is a really great topic because it's like, is it an outside issue or not? You know, is the basis of somebody. Now, that's not to say that it's okay to go up oh, to an outside issue. I can go be angry when I'm not in my AA clothes because that's not we practice these principles in all our affairs. Again, Venn diagram. Is that saying Well, what we're doing is we're creeping right, we're creeping right, we're creeping right, and we're taking that left-hand AA bubble and we're scooping up all that, the rest of the god size hole, you know, And, and I like that. I mean, that's what I did, and that's what I've tried to do, is to practice these principles in all my affairs, you know, but at the same time, you start to have like a broader definition of outside issues, Um. And it can get a little bit twisted in your mind. Well, is this an affair that I shouldn't practice my, of course you practice your principles in all the affairs. There isn't a time when you stop being sober. There isn't a time when you stop being serene, you know, unless you don't work your program. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so how do I, you know, how do I manage this? You know, I would say that, you know, again, what got me off on this was I was at a meeting and I heard a share that sounded a lot like something I would have been saying in early sobriety. Early defined, at this point, like six months, nine months, 12 months, whatever. You know, where I'm talking about, I'm talking about like, you know, in my case, my ex's alcoholism and how hard it is for me to deal with it and how angry I am and how resentful I am. And, you know, some people kind of pull me aside at different meetings where I would say, you know, they had some not so nice things to say. One, one person was, you know, did a little cross And so it was during a meeting. It was kind of, you know, in a very snarky tone was like, you know, I'm so glad I don't have somebody who can get me drunk or some snotty comment like that. And, you know, but you know, with somebody who cared, um, and by the way, that was at a meeting where my anonymity was ultimately, uh, breached. So you can imagine I have some real resentments about <laughs> that all these years later. Anyway, um, but I'm laughing about it, so maybe I don't. Anyway, the, um, but I was at a meeting out in Colorado, and a guy came up to me, and he said, you need to resolve that that, that codependency and that anger and that resentment with your ex because you're going to drink over it. I don't know if it's going to be now or five years from now, but you're going to drink over it if you don't resolve it. And then another guy said to me, he's like, you, you might benefit from Al-Anon, you know, and I'm kind of like, man, I got I got plenty. I got a therapist. I got AA. I go almost every day. You know, like how many more Anons can I get, you know? And and um, I needed to quiet the number of voices in my head. Um, I needed to have fewer therapists in my life. So at that time. But it did make me wonder. It really did make me wonder, you know, um, is some of this stuff an outside issue that would be better left you know, just kind of like better left outside the rooms. Um, maybe better left to how do I practice these principles and all these affairs with it rather than, you know, do I separate the Venn diagram into two barbells at the end of, um, you know, the strongman bar and just go, hey, that bar is no longer AA. The the left globe is AA and the right globe's all the outside issues. Or is it kind of like... Uh, atlas with one globe on your shoulders and you're trying to, you know, it's just interesting. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer, but what I do know is that, um, I think it kind of shows I'm, I'm continuing as I know everybody else in these rooms is, um, to always probe the true meaning of the 12 and 12 of the big book and, and not, I'm not talking about modifying it, and I'm not talking about, uh, forget, well, let's strike that out. I'm a strict constructionist when it comes to the teachings of Bill W. and Dr. Bob and the other old-timers, so to speak. You know, I believe they were prophets or disciples of something that, I don't know what the proper term is, apostle, disciple, prophet, all of the above. You know, I believe one day we're going to look at this and go, you know, this is an incredible um, spiritual lifestyle and um, life-saving organization that through its anarchy through its anonymity through its lack of involvement in outside issues was able to change the world Um, one drunk at a time i mean you think about the magnificent power of time and sobriety And you multiply that times your own time and all the good you're able to do in the world now times one day at a time. And it's a little more day. And, and, and and remember, we're not just talking about positive good. You know, we're also talking about what I'll call negative good, meaning what you're not doing elimination diet, so to speak. So think about all the bad things you were doing when you were drinking, or you're not sober, you're not serene, you're not in a program of recovery or spiritual well-being and you're sitting there and you're thinking like how many days has it been since you didn't do something really bad you know so how many days have you gone without fucking up so to speak that is positive that is amazing that only you know it's like just you're, you're getting out of your own way think about the vibrations and the karma and the love and the and the and the spiritual um well-being that you're putting out into the world now and in your own life now multiply that times more than a day and multiply times all the people that you interact with and touch now multiply that times all the other people in the rooms i mean are you are you kidding me the power of compounding interest you know all because of this you know a bunch of drunks you know who really struggled with it 84 years ago um so outside issues you know i don't know i don't know the answer to that question i hear i hear it thrown around a lot um we take no position you know um could it mean here's a third here's a third way to look at it which is just you know what if it's not if it's not about me staying sober I don't take a position on it. You know you're like, "Huh? Okay. Um how do you what do, what about when your child needs surgery and you need to make a decision? Is that an outside issue? You know, do the next right thing. Maybe maybe what it's saying is you just I don't know. It's a tough it's a tough call, you know, cuz I think there's so much beauty in that in that phrase. You know, we take no position on outside issues. You know and they talk about less money you know like like the the take keeping it outside of the rooms keeping it outside of the program that way you know we won't self-destruct um but it's an interesting venn diagram isn't it i would love to get some comments on this um some questions i'd love to hear your thoughts you know, shoot me, shoot me an email or something. If we if we can establish a level of rapport, and uh, you feel confident and 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 safe, and I feel confident and safe, you know, I can give you my cell phone. We can text about it, whatever. I, I want to be available to all my listeners. Um, but yeah, you know, is 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 getting your face beat in as a child? Is that an outside issue? You know, probably not. If it's if it's what you drink over. But how do you address it in such a way that it doesn't become an outside issue? You know, um, is, you know, are the problems with your wife's or your ex's alcoholism? Is that an outside issue? You know, codependency, you know, like dealing with it. Yeah, if it's going to drive you to pick up a drink and you can share your experience, strength and hope to to, to not pick up a drink and to get support and not to maybe it's not an outside issue but maybe it is you know i don't know i just think you got to do the next right thing you know you you know the compass that bill w built for us is inside you know and god built for us you know you're i guess he god built it god constructed that compass in there and it got encased in salt and mud and blood and sinew and grime, and all the things that alcohol, and distorted thinking, and self-loathing, and hatred, and fear all just caked it over, and then Bill W. came along with a chisel, and some Windex, it was like, hey man I got I got this, I got this thing we're gonna, we're gonna, with this big book, and a bunch of drunks in a basement somewhere, gonna help you Windex, Windex out that, that, that compass window mmm You know, we're going to, we're going to turn you back into an adult. And just so I think I mentioned this on one of my other podcasts, you know, what my little reference in the title of the podcast was, you know, there's a scene in the Martian where Matt Damon says, I'm going to have to science the shit out of this, (laughs) you know, like, you know, I'm going to have, and somebody told me, that's what the recovery world is, recovery is, now you're going to have to adult the shit out of this. So let's go be adults. Let's go, let's go, let's go, uh, Um, you know, keep, keep a mind, keep an eye on that Venn diagram, you know, and uh, I love each and every one of you and I love this program. Thank you for helping me stay sober. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, if it is Your will, help me and help all our listeners discern outside issues from inside issues, and and the purpose and and singleness of purpose of AA. You've given us such a magnificent program and such a beautiful, eloquent program of recovery and the and the steps and the traditions that we. We sometimes want to expand them to the other areas of life that may be outside of the program. We want to practice these principles in our all our affairs, but help us to discern when it's when there's a boundary that we need to honor and respect, and and preserve. In your name, we pray. Amen.